You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Tuesday, February 2nd. 2021. On the show today, I talked to Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals podcast, my fellow Mizzou Tiger. We break down the Nolan Arenado trade from a few angles. First, uh, how it kind of impacts the Cardinals. Second, how it impacts the division in the National League Central. Third, how it impacts the National League as a whole and where the Cardinals fit in that pecking order. And then we discuss the merits of trades like these and what it does to the teams that are oftentimes the sellers. So, you know, I think it's an interesting conversation that uh, should be had when, when deals like this happen because I don't think there's anybody out there saying that the Cardinals, or the Rockies rather, won this trade. Uh, and also we talk about the proposal from Major League Baseball, 154 games. When we discussed it yesterday, there was no agreement, you know, nothing had been done. So uh, what we do know now, as of last night, is that, yes, the MLB Players Association will not be accepting Major League Baseball's deal. So they're going to have a season starting on April 1st. It's going to be 162 games. And also, spring training is going to start February 17th. So two weeks from tomorrow, spring training will begin. Uh, and so we, Lucas and I talk about kind of the some of the merits of those two deals, uh, of, of the deal being trying to be struck by the MLB and you know, I think um, I think conversation was pretty good. I think it's still relevant, even though a decision has been made. But Lucas and I recorded on Monday afternoon, and then uh, this show's coming out Tuesday morning. So I just wanted to give you guys that small footnote as we get into it today. All right, hope you guys enjoy the show. Lucas Smith and I had a really fun conversation. It's always a pleasure on this show when I get to speak to a fellow Missouri Tiger. I've st- uh, spoken with Nash Walker a couple times on here, Cora Koslack, Tyler Caden, guys you all know pretty well. Well, it's Lucas Smith now. He is the host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Somehow, it took the third Mizzou Mafia member to get the Cardinals podcast. We had one guy who was doing Minnesota, one guy did, <laughs> you know, came all the way to the East and did the Nats, and you, you are doing the Cardinals uh, podcast, and I'm having you here because... Oh my God, the Cardinals traded for Nolan Arenado, right? Yeah, big news. They finally made some sort of move, so I'm happy to be here and to talk about it. Yeah, I actually had a buddy who was a Cardinals fan, and he said, he's like, man, this is just a boring offseason for us. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot happening. And it's interesting because this, you know, the conversation that I've been having with people is about the National League and how strong it is, except for the middle of the country, right? The, the This division yeah. in NL Central felt like it was up for grabs. And... People wondering, well, are the Cubs just doing a straight rebuild because their roster is pretty good and compared to everybody else, they're kind of close. The Cardinals, it's such a good franchise. They're known for their winning, their move away. And they they grab the bull by the horns here, Lucas. That, that's kind of my takeaway from this. Absolutely. I mean, the entire offseason, it was basically who is going to take advantage, who is going to take the bull by the horn, like you said. And what this move does, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but it, it gives them a top five third baseman in addition to already having a top five first baseman. Um, and it, it's two guys that really they, they stole from the National League mm-hmm. West because the returns on both those trades were heavily in the Cardinals' favor. Um, but with the rest of the division, either in rebuild mode or non-competitive mode, absolutely. I think the Cardinals on paper right now have to be the favorite for the division. Yeah, and so talk about this trade. I mean, prospect-wise, what did the Cardinals really give up? 
nothing's official right now as we sit here on, on a Monday afternoon. Um, but the reports are the only major league level talent guy is Austin Gomber, who's a lefty, made a couple of spot starts last year, but anyway, who didn't last year in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the highest ranked prospect in the Cardinals system is a guy named John Torres, who's number ninth overall. Other than that, um, Angel Rodon, who's a, a pitching prospect and, and Luke and Baker, who is, I don't believe is in the top 30 and the Cardinals, so I could be wrong on there, but really they didn't give up anything. And for them to not give up any of their top five and any of any top 100 uh, nationally ranked either, it's impressive. I was shocked when I didn't see a Gorman. I didn't see a Liberator. I didn't see an Ivan Herrera. I, I, was, I was absolutely appalled and shocked on top of that getting 50 million free dollars, basically. Yes, yeah, so that was my next point. So the, the Rockies, and I mean, I've read this seven times now. And <laughs> let me know if I'm wrong here. The Rockies are going to pay $50 million of Nolan Arenado's contract? $50 million. I don't know. I I tweeted this out. I said, I don't know what the Rockies are doing, but I'm happy they're doing it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, you'd think it was a salary dump for them, but then to still pay part of that contract, who knows? And it's such a complex trade too, because he's got the opt-out after this year and he's going to gain an extra one. He's got the no trade clause, which he's going to keep now with the St. Louis Cardinals. And because of that, he's going to gain an extra year. So if all the reports are accurate, what the Cardinals are basically getting is a seven-year contract, six to seven years, depending on what that last year ends up being, for about $164 million, somewhere in that range, 150, 164. That's a pretty good steal for Nolan, if you're asking me. Yeah, and it is. I mean, and the returns too. And like, this is my problem with baseball is that this feels like this happens a lot, right? Where, where the teams yep. such as, you know, I mean, the Pirates have been stockpiling guys forever, but, you know, Cleveland, makes it so publicly known that they're in a selling position that they lose all leverage. Right. I mean, you look at what the Mets got Carrasco and Lindor for, you know, the Mets would have traded just like they would have given that package away for just Lindor probably. And these teams in selling positions, like, I mean, sure. The prospects part, cool. If they have faith in those guys, it's great. But the money part is where I'm lost in a time where everybody is just afraid to spend cash. They're sending over $50 million. Like, I don't know if that's a indication of how sour the relationship was, where they were like, we don't care. Whatever it takes to get rid of him, we will do. Or if it's just they, they were in a selling position and they couldn't find a way to get out of it. I think in this case, honestly, it's, it's more the former. I did a crossover with, with Ryan Latica of Locked on Rockies, and there were reports that we both mentioned that Nolan and the GM Brybich, I think is his last name. Mm-hmm. They weren't on speaking terms. They, right. they, they haven't been speaking. So I think in this situation, it was just the relationship went absolutely sour. I mean, last off season, uh, Nolan said that he'd felt disrespected, right? So it was, in this case, you know, the, this trade in all honesty, as happy as I am, not great for baseball. You mentioned the, the, the Lindor thing yeah. of these home, homegrown home, you know, home raised talents being traded off just because the teams either can't or won't pay for them that's a different discussion, right? I'm not trying to get too right. far into that, but it, it's one of those deals where it, it's just unfortunate that, you know, that the Rockies are losing one of, if not their best player in franchise history for almost right. nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the story. Like it, it yeah. is the story of the off season. I think when it comes to trades is that these teams are, you know, great for the Padres, right. For getting after Like, like I love to see the Padres yeah. going out and getting after it and, and, you probably think, hey, you know, the Rays were a bit more intentional with what they got back. They're probably one of the more thoughtful teams that when they trade a guy like Blake Snell, they're, you know, targeting certain people they want into the Rays system. But they're like, they are the exception. 
I mean, the Pirates trading Josh Bell, you know, look, Josh Bell doesn't fit there, doesn't make a ton of sense, but Will Crow is, you know, it's Will Crow, not a great player. And then Eddie Yeen's 18 years old. So it's, I guess, a fine return. But yeah. once again, the Cleveland trade too, it's just these, you know, it's, baseball is a game of the have and the have nots. It's becoming Premier League. You know, if you watch soccer, you're familiar with the big six and the money is getting more dispersed right now as TV contracts get bigger in Premier League. But still, there are top teams that are willing to spend. And if you're willing to spend, you are going to win. It's that simple. There are not a lot of teams out there. Of course, there are cases. But if you're spending, if you're willing to spend, you are going to win. The Mets are going to win. The Braves are going to win. The Dodgers are going to win. The Padres are going to win. The Yankees are going to win. It's just pretty simple at this point, right? And, and the Cardinals here catching a little bit of a break. I mean, obviously the contract as a whole, you're going to spend, right? You're, and you're spending on that and you're spending on Goldschmidt. Right. But like their, their willingness to spend in somewhat of a sense puts them in position to win their division. It's, it's pretty simple now and it's kind of sad. Yeah, and it, it's just tough too because when you look at, at these trades specifically, baseball I think as a whole puts more stock in – the, the prospects and the potential of guys. But at the same time, baseball is the hardest to predict those prospects. Right. So when you're not willing to spend the money like you were talking about and you're banking on these guys that may or may not pan out, I mean, you look at Albert Pujols, one of the greatest Cardinals of all time, wouldn't have even been drafted in this year's draft or last year's draft because that round doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So it's just like, it's these weirdest things right. that you're, you're banking so much on potential, not wanting to spend when those prospects don't always turn out what you want them to be. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how baseball works like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel bad for these fan bases because you're wondering like, what is there for Rockies fans, right? right? What is there to be excited about? And you know, luckily you and I both discuss teams that are willing to, you know, I feel bad for their hosts. It's like, what, what are you, what are the other hosts doing? For shows? <laughs> They're spinning prospects. They're, they yeah. have to convince themselves and the fan yeah. base, the prospects are good. And so it's baseball is a sport. That's not very kind to its fan base, whether yep. it be from the major league level, right. From the actual office of major league baseball, whether it be the players association, who I think people want to sympathize with the players more often than not, but it's not a well-run players association so it makes it very challenging yeah. to do so and then you know teams i mean teams get very angry with their own team you know very often right if you're a pirates fan what are you happy about detroit fan what are you happy about you know uh, the royals and the rays are two teams to me that have some vision but if you're a rockies fan like you know you and i know both know friend jo- joey miller who was just a diehard rockies fan like yeah. nolan arenado is his guy what do Rockies fans have to be excited? Trevor Story is still there, I guess, right? But what do you have to be How excited long? about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You know I mean, I mean, he's uh, – trade talks about him. You know, now Arenado's yeah. gone. I bet people are like, mm, they're in some kind of a mood over there in Colorado. They've got to be, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and his contract is up next year as well, you know? Right. And it, it's one of those things that, again, this is a little bit off topic. When you're talking about the, the loyalty to players that you were just talking about with Nolan, I feel like the NBA especially, but NBA and NFL do such a good job of marketing their players. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw this with, with the LeBron effect. Obviously, LeBron is a superstar, right? There's not right. many LeBrons around. But wherever he goes, his fans follow. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, that's true for a lot of different players across the NBA. And you just don't see that MLB because the marketing just isn't there. Um, right. And, it's just difficult. So like whenever Nolan leaves the fans that were fans of Colorado because of Nolan, they don't become Cardinal fans. They stop watching baseball. Right. 110% right. Because, you know, and we talk about this, like with Fernando Tatis, yeah. you know, we had a ridiculous conversation about like the three Oh pitch 
which it's not, it's not like, and I couldn't find anybody who was really on the side of you shouldn't be doing this. The only yeah. person who really said that was the manager. I forget the manager's name of the Rangers. And he only said that because he's got to do that, right? He's got to defend <laughs> his team. Yeah. So, but, but the, the fact that we were having that conversation was, and that's, that's one of the barriers, right? The yeah. Mike Trout conversation, which was uh, Rob Manfred criticizing, criticizing Mike Trout for not being marketing it, market, you know, wanting to be marketed. It's, yeah. a, it's his life, man. He can yeah. do what he wants with it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you get, that's, that's why, and also Bryce Harper too, not well liked. Uh, let's be honest. Like Bryce, Bryce Harper is not always coming across as, you know, the, the, the most lovable player in the world. Right. Right. And so it's, it's this weird, you know, weird thing that we get into with baseball talking about the stars, like stars. I know a lot of people dislike LeBron, but LeBron is universally loved, right? right. They got to do that with like Fernando Tatis. Mm -hmm. They have to do that. You know, with, with some of the, you know, Juan Soto is going to be that, be one of those guys too. <laughs> I think you were, you hit it spot on. They have a huge star making problem. Yeah, because you've got guys like, uh, you know, Acuna as well, who's over in the division, right. uh, in your division, Acuna, Soto, Tatis, you mentioned him. I think Jack Flaherty might be in that conversation as mm -hmm. well, if he can, but to make it a little Cardinal bias, but yeah, it, it's just difficult to, to see these other leagues go extremely well. Um, there, there's a tweet that was shared in, in our group chat a couple of days ago about um, rank the top four major championships, Stanley Cup, NBA Finals, Super Bowl, World Series. The replies to those tweets were awful. Now I don't. I didn't see one of them that put the World Series in the top two. Baseball just really? not not well liked at all. It, it just and it's sad because I, I said this a while ago on my show. Baseball relies so hard on the diehards right. that, that you, you just you're not going to live like that. You've got to have casual fans, which the other sports do. All right, more coming up with my conversation with Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. You guys know the deal. They've got 18 awesome flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those go along with those 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll receive a 20% discount on your next purchase. You also have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Also, I want to let you guys know today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. It's a family-run business that has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. You go to RockAuto.com today. The prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Also want to let you guys know to go check out Locked On Today, a new podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I was actually on it last week. It was a lot of fun. It's like the daily but for sports. 20 minutes in the morning, Monday through Friday, get you all the sports news you need to know heading into the day. Uh, so I, I cannot recommend it enough. I am a listener as well. So go check that out. Uh, Locked On Today, wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, back to my conversation with Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Yeah, well, the thing about, you know, hockey does it well. 
like people you 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 know blues fan i believe right i presume blues I'm from from illinois so blackhawks a little bit i go back and forth okay so but but, but, but you, you you definitely witnessed the the heating up of the fan base in your playoff run, right Absolutely. hockey becomes immense it does a very good job of marketing its playoffs and i think anybody who watches playoff hockey you could make a very good argument that playoff hockey is the best major professionals postseason because yep. the intensity and you can just tell you know the, the fan involvement too that's that's that sport does a good job of it where baseball does not i think it's starting to improve a little bit but they're behind the eight ball on it um to the cardinals to this point you know you yeah. brought up the cardinals the team you know we should talk about here <laughs> the favorites now in the national league central um yep. four teams made it last year from the central and all four of them got knocked out in the first round <laughs> Right. So we're yeah. in a spot now where that division is pretty wide open. And I, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying the Cardinals are the best team, but where are they shorthanded? Where's, where are the spots the Cardinals need to improve? Because if I'm them, I've got Goldschmidt, I've got Arenado, got a guy like Flaherty. I'm not eyeing the rest of my division right now. Of course you got to take care of the division, but I'm eyeing the Padres. I'm eyeing the Dodgers. I'm, I'm eyeing the Mets. I'm eyeing the Braves. Cause those are the teams you're going to be playing when you do make the playoffs, once again, don't not say not worry about your division, but once you make the playoffs, you're going to be facing off against those teams. What do they have to do to give themselves a chance? A lot of things have to go well. I think that before this move, they were, I, I still think they were the favorites, but this makes I them agree. bona fide favorites. What, what, what's just difficult right now with the Cardinals, ever since the Randy or Rosalina trade, I think that there's been the, the stigma around gun shy on giving up prospects. Because, mm-hmm. oh no, we, we've seen what Randy can do. We don't want to give that up again, right? Because the, their outfield is crowded right now. Dexter Fowler is going to start. They've got guys, Lane Thomas is going to fight for playing time. Harrison Bader. Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson has to start top prospect in the system. So they've got clogged up outfield. So what I think that they need to do behind Flaherty, you've got solid pitching depth in this, mm-hmm. in this, um, on this team. They don't really have a number two ace. You've got Michaelis that might show up. You've got Wainwright that they just resigned as well. If I'm John Mosellock, um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get that solid number two, because mm-hmm. in, in a postseason series, I think pitching sets the tone. They've got great, great depth in the bullpen. I have no problem with the bullpen. They need a number two guy to either step up internally, whether it be a Carlos Martinez as well, who's pitched really well in winter ball, but they need a more solidified number two starting pitcher to really elevate them to that next level. Were they in on Bauer at all? I, I, I didn't see a ton of, I mean, this makes sense though, yeah. right? You know, I was trying to rack yeah. my brain when you brought up the pitching part and you think of Michaelis and Carlos Martinez, it's a bit of a roller coaster, right? And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's been a bit of a roller coaster with, yeah. with Carlos Martinez, and, and you see, you know, look like the Nationals is a good example. I mean, they only had three really solid starting pitchers in that uh, in their playoff run. Yeah, Anibal gave them an awesome one start, and Joe Ross just started the World Series game. I don't want to talk about that. I don't yeah, talk you're right. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, that series was, it was barely even serious. But but you know, you think about it. Like Cardinals fans remember this, but like yeah. you weren't scared of Anibal Sanchez, who's just a guy who was there. You were really scared of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. And that's, that's really, you know, if you can get three and you can figure out four and five, just kind of holding pattern type guys, you're good to go. You guys have the one. You just, that's why I'm wondering, you know, Bauer seems like a guy that would have just taken care of that. I know it would have cost you, but yeah, I feel like they should have been on him more. I'm not saying they're not still on it. Yeah. I think a lot of the fans like to see Bauer would like to see Bauer. I don't know if it's legit at all of, you know, have they had talks with them? I haven't seen any reports saying that it comes, it does come to a point though, where who isn't in on Trevor Bauer. seems like anybody. He wants way too much money too. He wants way too much money. Um, And and I don't think 
personality wise that he's a fit with St. Louis. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that that's a big staller there. And people can say what they want about uh, DeWitt, the owner, Moselock. It was really negative uh, 48 hours ago before the Nolan Arenado trade. It's a lot positive now, but I don't think they they go after Bauer just because the personalities, they don't mesh at all. Yeah. And then the outfield you mentioned, I mean, Harrison Bader, I feel like is just polarizing to the Cardinal fan base, right? Um, You either love him or you hate him. Yeah. There's no in between. Right. And that's what I do love about the Cardinals fan base is like something like, you know, right field. I guess what, what's he play for you guys? Right field? Is that is uh, Bader right? plays center. F- center, Bowers. center. Okay. So, you know, it's like Harrison Bader is just polarizing, captivating figure. And and I do, that's the one thing I do love about, about a place like St. Louis is like they treat the baseball like that. Cause you really only hear that in places like New York. Like New York is like the one hour sports radio is talking about is Curtis, Curtis Granderson good enough to play, you know, right field for the Mets and stuff like that. I do appreciate about, about, st louis the fact that you know the fans are you know hey harrison bader half you know it's kind of stuff that that gets them fired up but is is this is this lineup going to be structured around goldschmidt and and arenado how how are they going to protect them what what do you think it looks like i think it's still almost a little tbd because the molina contract is official but not type of thing because i think he's got to be a free agent to play in the tournament he's playing in yes they're gonna sign him afterwards that was the story right right? yeah um yeah there's still a possibility that they bring colton wong back but as it stands now um just you know as we stand here monday february 1st on recording this i think that either edmund or bader leads off and then you've got some options I would go Carlson two, Goldie three, Arenado four, and then Paul DeYoung, shortstop, uh, batting mm. fifth. I think that he's been batting fourth a lot in the last couple of years. Move him down the lineup. Maybe even put Andrew Kisner, who's going to catch if Yachty doesn't come back. Put him at the five and move DeYoung down in the lineup. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then put Fowler eighth. But I, I do think you're going to have Carlson, Arenado, Goldschmidt, either two, three, four, or three, four, five, one way or the other. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, before we get you out of here, Lucas, I want to talk to you really quickly about the the proposal from Major League Baseball that just came out. Uh, you know, 154 games. The spring, the, the big part for me was the spring training part of it, where they said they wanted to wait a month. And so I understand there are two sides of this coin, for, actually for once, and I, I, I see both sides. Right. One, the players say, we don't want to wait that long because pitchers are beginning to ramp up right now. And we saw the the toll it took on pitching last year of, of the unevenness. Those people are creatures of habit, right? Those yeah. people, you know, whether it be their five day cycle of starting, whether it be their warm up, you know, when they get to the season, whether it be mm-hmm. the day of the game, they are creatures of habit. And so, messing up that had some actual costs last year. On the other side, I do really understand Major League Baseball saying, "Look, health and safety experts have told us to wait because we're going to Arizona and Florida." for spring training and we're better off if we wait to do it. And so I'm just wondering what your thoughts were on that, because I actually thought about, it makes a lot of sense. Like I understand both sides of the coin. There is a player safety argument on both sides of it. Yeah. I think this is one area where, you know, last summer it was pretty clear that the, um, it was pretty clear that that one side was wrong. You know, it was, right. it was just, it was, they were butting heads. It was just awful. Like you said, this has a little more agreeable. I'll be honest. I've been pretty busy looking at the Arenado stuff. I haven't looked right. at the specifics of any of this, uh, but I did see the tweets and the reports. I think that the, I think they should go down to 154 anyways. Um, and I, I'm a much more traditionalist than anybody else around, but 154. I'm with you. I am with you. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that makes sense in, in general, but I lean a little bit more towards the, the, that the players associate, or I'm sorry, the, the owners, I'm sorry, to mm-hmm. delay the season a month. Um, and then, and then go from there. Um, st- but 
I think that the key there that I that I was on the owner side, the player side rather, I'm sorry, is for them to get the full pay. That yeah. They can't have prorated yes. this year. That that can't happen again, uh, unless you know a, a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth wave, whatever we're going to call it, comes back and right. shut down again. But if if you get anywhere near 150 games season schedules planned, they've got to get full pay. So. I don't mean to back out your question. I just no, 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 no. That's no. I'm with you on that. I'm yeah. with you on that. The full pay is important. And look, if it's a, excuse me, if it's 154 and they lose 10 games, let's say each team loses 10 games, 10 games get canceled, whatever. Mm-hmm. Still at 144, you should pay them for 162. How um, many people are playing 162 now, anyways? People are yeah. playing 144 anyways in a regular yeah. season. Yeah, I, so there's there's no use for it. And and I think the problem the players have is that if you shorten the season, right, it's gonna start being a slippery slope where it's. Yeah. We might never see 162 again, but here's the thing: the game, like uh, with, with everything in baseball, we got to start getting in the future a little bit. Shorter seasons, larger postseason. If you guys, if if we're serious about baseball being a major American sport moving forward, larger postseason, shorter shorter regular season. That's that's kind of the realities to me. I, I'm with you on the regular season. I they, I didn't like the expense. I like the expense. I don't want sixteen. I don't need. I don't need the sixteen. <laughs> I don't need okay, that. Yeah. I don't okay. need that. I, yeah. I just do think that they're you know, in a division. Uh, I the problem here. Here's the problem I have. I do have a problem with 160 game season coming down to one game. I think if you're just, just talking proportionality, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? right. You know, so that's my issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you cut off a certain amount of games, you know, let's just say you think of the same number of playoff games, the playoff teams as we normally do, not sixteen. But you go with a standard playoff procedure, just cut off eight games, make it a three-game series for that final wild card spot. Slot them in. Let's go together. There's your, you know, there's your four teams in each, uh, each, each league, and mm-hmm. you know you have your champion, uh, your division series, and you go. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. I, I just always have had an issue with the one 162 games coming down to one game it does not sit right with me. Yeah, I, I, it makes more sense if you're talking about game 163, right, where you have to have one game. But I think in a postseason series, it is difficult to have one game. And yeah, I mean, we, we've seen the, the Pirates and Reds in the Central Division run into that problem of, of right. not being able to get over that hump. So um, I agree. I think it should be three. I like what they did. A lot of people don't like the wild card round. I think I, I, I like the division setup they have where it, you got to win your division. I like that incentive a lot. So I think whatever playoff structure they have, I like that incentive. Yeah, I just think if we're going to play, if the if the season is three game series structured like that, then the mm-hmm. postseason should reflect that, right? You know, that's, we're playing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final thing, the DH. Like, I just don't need to watch pitchers hit anymore. I just, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, Max Scherzer, yeah. you know, broke his nose because he was, you know, in the cage Bunting, trying to bunt, yeah. and they don't pay Max Scherzer to, to bunt. They don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better for the game. More more guys gets guys more opportunities. It's more fun. Like, what am I missing here? you're not you're you're not wrong i i I don't know josh i I go back and forth to be honest with you i'm why i'm a traditionalist i don't know i like what's the appeal what is the appeal of the pitchers hitting the strategy but like (laughs) you know the strategy to me it it doesn't go away that much because what you're doing is you're putting you're something you have to work around right like like okay on this on two-point conversion you have to play the punter at wide receiver no, why? That's not an effective way to do this guy's job is to punt. His job is not right. I mean, the no. job is to punt. I just thought of that analogy. I feel like it's very fitting. I'm gonna keep using I'm gonna use that moving forward, right? I like it. But yeah. but yeah, so that's just all I'm saying. That's all that's my point. And I understand the traditionalist, but yeah. to me, this the strategy it's lessened because this guy sucks at hitting normally. Like he's not not a major league hitter. He's a right. 
major league pitcher. My thing with the strategy isn't necessarily that spot, but then you get into the the, the chess game, if you will. And again, this is old school. This is not for Fair marketability. Enough. For marketability, you're right. They need to go to the DH. I get that. But in terms of you know saving the, the keeping the game sacred and all that stuff, that I go back and forth. Like I said, the the, the double switches and the defensive replacements and the pinch runners and everything is the National League style. I just don't want to let that go. It's not, it's not necessarily, maybe I, maybe I will like the DH more. I did like it in 2020. I'll, I'll be honest. I, it's going to happen. I'm going to get on board. I just don't think I want it to change, but at the same time, I prefer home change. runs to ground balls and strikeouts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I see your point. I see it. I got all you. right. Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Lucas, we really appreciate your time. Where can people find you on social media and where can they find all your work? Uh, shows on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And I am at LJ fastball, not because of my high school skills, just because I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Lucas Smith, a locked on Cardinals podcast. Appreciate your time, man. Yep. No problem, Josh. Thank you. Am I- All right. That will do it for the show today. We'll be back later this week with some more conversations about the, pro- uh, the proposal in the season and, and kind of where we're headed with that. So just keep that in mind. Look for those in your podcast feed later on this week. Go check us out on Twitter at LO underscore nationals community's going over there. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad we're doing that. Uh, and I've loved the responses that people have been giving me talking about, you know, coming to some of the podcasts and some of the content. So please keep that up. DM us. If you have any questions, we'll do some mailbags this coming season as well. So uh, feel free to reach out that way to us. Love the interaction. Also follow me on Twitter at Josh neighbors underscore. Once again, the uh, Twitter for the, the, you know, the show is at LO underscore nationals. All right, that'll do it for the show today. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe.